0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 139 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thank you for being here. Today on the show, I've got my homegirl, Sammy Christensen. She's the co-founder and design director at Best Studio in Vancouver, BC. During this episode, we talk about the grade 10 marketing course that really introduced her to what graphic design was and what it meant, and that just lit her fire. We also talked about the museum that she went to that inspired her type-related Instagram channel. That Instagram channel also led her to getting a book offer, and she published a book called Please Don't Do Coke in the Bathroom. It is an adult guide to lettering, and let me tell you, it's awesome and hilarious and amazing to have just sitting out on your coffee table for when people come over. It's a great coffee table book. We talk about Best Studio, how they started, where it came from, and why, and the branding project that didn't go well, and the panic that it actually caused based on where she was in starting Best Studio. We also talk about two beverage branding projects that she is so proud to be a part of, and what it took to get to that spot. I love chatting with Sammy. Her and her business partner, Mariko, have been so kind to me and so helpful, and uh, this was fun. So let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Sammy Christensen. Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie?
0: Good morning, Sammy. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Happy to have you. Are you ready for a quickie?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Perfectly. Well, briefly tell the listeners about yourself.
1: So my name is Sammy. Um, I am co-founder and design director of Best Studio, which um, I founded with my partner, um, Rico Whitley. Uh, we just opened last September. Um, I also am an author, which sometimes I forget. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, I, I wrote a book uh, about two and a half years ago now called Please Don't Do Coke in the Bathroom. It is an adult guide to uh, lettering.
0: I love it. Okay, that so
1: Not for how, your kids,
0: no. how did that come about? How did you get to that point?
1: Um, so I guess, uh, I don't even know how many years ago now. Um, so I guess I grew up uh, doing a lot of like oil painting and stuff, um, okay. like high school, university even. Um, and I just found once I got into the agency world, I was a little bit too exhausted at the end of the day to kind of, you know, get out my painting supplies and really like, you got to really like dive into when you're doing an oil painting, you got to dive into it.
0: Mm -hmm. You got to commit.
1: Yeah. So I kind of missed that. Like, I don't know, doing something with my hands, I guess, like not on the computer. And so, um, I started to teach myself, um, black letter, uh, type. Mm-hmm. And just to keep myself kind of accountable for it, I decided to start um, an Instagram account and just kind of do a post every day and um, watch myself, myself, my own, my own progress. It was just a nice way to track my own progress. And um, so I called it pretty bad words and I wrote bad swear words and dirty things <laughs> in really nice, typed, uh, really nice uh, later on, not at the beginning, because yeah. it looked absolutely mortifying. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I ended up getting a random email a couple of years ago from an editor in uh, New York City, and she asked if I'd be interested in making my uh, Instagram page into a into a published book. And I honestly thought it was a, uh, a spam email. I was like, "This doesn't happen. Like, how how is this happening?"
0: Uh-huh.
1: But yeah, couple couple days later, I signed a contract and made a book
0: (laughs) that's so crazy what happens it's like you know the message through instagram you're like "Uh, is this legit
1: yeah right yeah totally i was like this cannot be for real like this doesn't this doesn't happen
0: Okay, that's crazy. And a little bit later on in the interview here, I want to get the backstory on Best Studio and sort of how that came together and how that developed. Um, But before that, I want to dive way back to the beginning in your oil painting childhood. And I want to hear a little bit more about that. Um, What was your childhood like? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that kind of pointed you in this career
1: path? Yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of came, uh, both my parents came from, not my parents specifically, but uh, people on both my parents' side came from uh, creative families and so I kind of grew up around it like my one uncle was an amazing artist um, my dad's side it was a little bit more uh, my, my sorry my mom's side was a bit more like fine art um, uh, focused and then my dad's side there was a little bit more design like uh, architects and um, all that kind of thing so I was kind of growing up around it um, but even when I was little I was always drawing and you know my mom said she could keep me quiet, just give me a piece of paper, and like I would sit there for hours at the kitchen table and just draw mm-hmm. mostly just like I was like a little horse fanatic, so I would draw horses like nonstop
0: <laughs> that's awesome
1: so, terrible, but yeah
0: so horses were the gateway,
1: yeah, pretty much
0: <laughs> perfect so yeah. when did it when did it start to level up and become more than just something you did um you know to keep yourself entertained as as a child
1: um I guess like. I don't know. I guess you could say like later elementary school, like, you know, you do like book, uh, book projects and stuff and you have to draw a poster. And I was like, well, I'm going to draw a really nice bubble type on this poster. <laughs> and I would spend all my time, like, instead of answering the questions I had to do for my book review, I would spend all the t- my time, like drawing beautiful, uh, letters on the poster itself. Nice. And then I guess from there, like, in high school, I, say, I would say I kind of discovered um, I went into a marketing class. Okay. And that was my first time I was, like, ooh, package design. Like, what's this? Um, and I, I still remember I designed this, like, awful, I wish I had a photo of it, this awful, like, box for dog treats, I think it was. And I used my <laughs> photo on the box. And, yeah, I wish I wish I kept it. But I would say that was my first kind of, like, true introduction to, like, graphic design. And then that was when I kind of realized that this was maybe something I could do as a career.
0: Very cool. And that was in high school then where you took that marketing course?
1: Yeah, I was like grade 10. And I like never changed. I was like, graphic design is what I'm going to do. And I've stuck to it ever since.
0: That's awesome. So where did you go to school for graphic design? You know, the traditional, was it a two-year or four-year program?
1: It was three years actually. Three years, okay. Yeah. So I did the idea program at Capilano University.
0: Got it. One of the idea kids. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. It was. Okay, so was that marketing class that first time where you where graphic design really clicked for you, or was there an earlier moment or some other moment where you really noticed design sort of out in the world before that experience?
1: Um, I think I would say that was probably the the moment where I realized it was like a thing. Mm-hmm. Um i I always liked drawing letters. Like, if you look at my old sketchbook, like. Not that they're
0: good. (laughs) Do you hang on to all that stuff? What? You hang on to all that stuff?
1: Yeah, I have, I have um, in, I think it's at one of my parents' uh, houses. I have uh, massive, massive uh, Rubbermaid containers, like full of every single sketchbook. Awesome. It's something I just can't throw away, but I don't really have room to store in my tiny apartment. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, yeah, I think my first one, I was like seven or eight years old, my first sketchbook. So I have all those.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, hanging on to that stuff is so cool to look back yeah. once in a while and just sort of see, you know, where you started. And you can even yeah. sometimes see like little tendencies that you had back then that, you know, have carried forward and are still with you.
1: Exactly.
0: So what stands out in this, in you know this sort of high school, college era, what stands out to you as the most influential design of your life so far? Something that you saw and just really stuck with you?
1: mm. Oh, that's always such a hard question. Um, I would say, hmm, I don't know if it was high school. Can it be, can it be older?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it could be older. It could be younger. Something that's really stuck with you that you saw.
1: I think like something that really like stuck with me. And like, uh, this was like years ago now. I was probably like 19 or 20. Hmm. So I was probably just starting university or no, maybe I was just after university, um, but it was kind of maybe not graphic design focused, but a little bit more like on the lettering aspect of it. But I went to the neon sign museum in Las Vegas. And um, just like looking at all those all those letters, um, the, the neon boneyard, it was like so, so inspiring to me. The fact that like, I don't know, these things were created like hundred years ago and they're still some of the most beautiful letters I think to this day.
0: Mm-hmm. So was that, where was that in the timeline of starting your Instagram program or your Instagram channel with the hand lettering and sort of really trying to get into that?
1: That was probably like two or three years before.
0: Before that. Okay. So you think some of that stuck with you then for that Instagram channel?
1: I think so. Yeah. Just yeah. I, like not trying to mimic the the old like neon signs or anything, but yeah. just like, having such a fascination for that lettering.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I'd love to check that out. The neon sign place.
1: It's pretty amazing. Yeah, there was one in particular is like, a, I have a poster of it in my room. And it's a, the Stardust sign. Okay. It's an old blueprint of it. And I just find it like some, the, someone just like sketched that up. And now it became this like 100 foot long sign, you know, like, I don't know.
0: it's incredible. It.
1: Find so
0: fascinating i love that kind of stuff and even you know something across old graphic design books or old logo books and um you know any sort of old print related stuff i just i love just love seeing all that old stuff yeah um sammy who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow and what is it about them that you like
1: so i would say uh as a designer and as a businesswoman um one of my biggest design idols which i recently got to see at this conference i was at the brand new conference um was poom from design army
0: mm-hmm.
1: um do you know have you heard of her no i haven't okay so she runs a graphic design studio in uh, washington dc okay. and her work is so so beautiful um she does a lot of art direction for bigger uh photography shoots um She recently did, or not recently, maybe I think the first campaign was maybe two years ago for the uh, ballet in Hong Kong, I think it was, Um, but her level of art direction is, like, something, like, every designer should aspire to, like, um, I just think she thinks about every detail, and you can tell the way she thinks, like, just when I heard her speak the other day, she... um, she really like has a vision and she just stands by that vision and she never like questions herself, you know? Like if it's not like what she sees in her head, like it's not good enough yet. And I just something mm-hmm. I like really really admire and kind of aspire to be. But also as a businesswoman, she's just like so badass. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Like yeah. Yeah, women in business.
1: Yeah. Badass. Have,
0: have you checked out the uh, Ladies Wine and Design Group yet?
1: I I actually haven't been to it, but I do follow it on Instagram.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, just wanted to make sure because they are doing some pretty cool things, that group. So I always like to give them a shout out.
1: That was started by Jessica Walsh too. Yes. Also a designer I very much admire.
0: Yeah, and another businesswoman.
1: Another businesswoman. That's right. I
0: like that. (laughs) I like the trend here. All right, Sammy, I want to ask you a little bit about print now. Um, yeah. I want to hear how you have utilized print in your design career and any stories around printer packaging that you have.
1: Um, well, I have a lot of experience in print. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's mostly what I specialize in now. Um, but I would say most of my career, I mean, I started at, um, you know, the agency St. Bernardine, this is my first <laughs> agency I worked at. Um, and I worked on a lot of beer packaging with them, um, I would say it taught me a lot about the, uh, what I know now. Um, and just kind of learning, I think for any like young designer, like working on a beer brand <laughs> is one of the biggest, uh, it's, it's one of the best projects you can work on, I think, but also one of the most challenging in um, sense of print, just because you have to make sure that those colors, everything are so consistent across so many different types of substrates, uh-huh. cardboard, uh, you know, can, uh, aluminum cans, um, bottle labels, whatever it may be. Um, and that was something I really struggled with as a junior, just like trying to learn that process. And like, you know, sometimes that PMS color is not the same on the can as it is on the, on the cardboard, but it visually yeah. looks the same kind of thing. So just, I don't know, learning that kind of process was, was a huge, huge thing.
0: Very cool. And recently you did, well, I say recently, but maybe not super recent.
1: Mm-hmm. I saw
0: on your Instagram feed about the best business cards.
1: Yes. So
0: that's got to be like a cool little project. Oh, right?
1: Yes. Those were our dream cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Those no, of
0: investment. course. But that makes um, an impact.
1: Yeah. We, uh, so that was something when Rico and I started the business, we were like, okay, you know what? The one thing we've always wanted to make is our dream business card. You know, we try and pitch these crazy business cards for clients all the time. And then they're like, oh, that looks great. And you mock it up and then they're like, okay, we'll go get a quote. And then they see the quote and they're like, absolutely not.
0: Yep. We'll yeah. go to Vistaprint. Thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Vistaprint. That's, that's, yeah. Um, so it was something because we were our own client. We're like, let's just do this like who cares it's something that like and also i don't know we're a graphic design studio and we want to specialize in a lot of print design and so we should be you know handing out business cards that show like the capabilities of what we can do and so we wanted our own brand to be a super simple brand but mm-hmm. we wanted all the, the print techniques and everything to be sort of the star That's so we nice. yeah that cobalt blue paper and that cobalt blue foil poof
0: That's, and you know, that's, it's so simple in the, in the sense that there isn't any, you know, CMYK or extra Pantones or double hits of anything like that. It's really the paper and a specialty finish just working so well together. And it's, it's most often the most simple uses of Mm -hmm. print and color and foil that make the biggest impact. Yeah. And you guys executed that really well with the best cards. (laughs) so yeah
1: price. every time we hand them out every time we had them out people are like wow
0: i still don't have one i'm just saying
1: oh okay we'll get you <laughs> <laughs> perfect
0: do i need to make a deposit of the a dollar fifty each or something
1: We <laughs> make that joke sometimes we're like "Yeah, two dollars a car please don't lose it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah exactly hang on to it please
1: yeah
0: <laughs> that's awesome okay yeah. um i want to now dive into some of the tough stuff Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, you know what? Before I get there, I want to hear the best story. I think right now would be a perfect time to hear sort of that best startup story because you and Mariko were both, you know, senior designers and agencies. You were both doing great work with agencies. Yeah. How did the best studio come about and why?
1: So I guess, okay. Um, I'm trying to think when we started thinking about this. Um, It was something I always personally knew I was going to do. It was like my end goal. I was like, I didn't want to end up at a big agency as a creative director, I wanted to be my own creative director uh-huh. at my own agency. And it was something I never thought I would do with a partner. I always kind of saw it as like me just doing it on my own. Um, and then I met Rinko and we've, we've known each other for a couple of years before we even talked about it. Um, we ended up sitting next to each other um, at our last agency and we were both just kind of at a similar point in our career, I guess, where I don't know. I wanted to do I didn't want to have to go through the the steps of like having to get a, a design approved through your agency before it even goes through the client, you know? Like I want to be the person that's like this is what I want to present like, you know, straight uh-huh. to the client. And so we both kind of had this we we're talking about it at lunch one day and we both kind of had this end goal and we're like, I don't know, why don't we just do it? And so it kind of started as a joke cuz we're like, haha, that's funny like yeah, sure. Let's just start an agency. And, um, we started going for like daily, like coffee walks and just like one step at a time. Like, okay, if we were to actually do this, like, what would it take? Like, how much money do we need to start this business? Um, what, what's the first step? Like, you know, we, we're not business people. <laughs> we're mm-hmm. designers, we're creatives. And so we started doing a lot of research and we made lists for ourselves and took it kind of, um, one step at a time and would check something off the list every week. And I guess what really made it real was this was probably in about March of 2018. I think 2018. Oh, no, wait, 2017. I can't remember. Two years ago-ish. And um, I guess what made it real was we were like, if we do this, I think we need to have a space like we can't just work from home. Like we want to feel like we're still going to work, especially as a partnership. We wanted to collaborate a lot. So we looked into co-working and we ended up going to the spaces building downtown, which is where we are now. And it was still under construction. Um, and we walked in and the guy was like, we have one tiny little office left. Um, if you want it, you have to put a deposit on it by the end of the day. And Jeez. we walked in and we're like, should we do it? And by the end of the day, we sent them a check. And that kind of gave us a deadline that we had to quit our jobs.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. That's such a cool moment. Um, yes. Can I ask you numbers? Can I get into some numbers on this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So how much did you need to pay as a deposit?
1: Uh, I think it was like, it was essentially one month's rent. So it was about 1200 bucks. Okay. 11, 1200 Yeah.
0: Okay. And when you guys were going through this, this talk about, you know, should we do it? If we do it, how much money should we need, need to like to quit um, our jobs? Did you decide on what that number was first? And yeah. did you hit that number before you left or did you just say, Yeah, close enough?
1: So we kind of were originally we were like, let's save like a year's, you know, living expenses. Mm-hmm. But then that's a lot. Like living downtown is the I was gonna long.
0: say, let's be honest, you live in yeah. Vancouver.
1: Yeah. So um I guess we kind of both ended up saving about like half of that. <laughs> and originally we were kind of freaking out because we were like, oh, we don't have a year's saved up yet, whatever. And then we put the money down on the space and we're like, well, (laughs) we'll see how this goes. (laughs) So, um, but like in the grand scheme of things, like it's, it's been fine. Like we've, we figured it out and, um, we were really busy when we first started, we were like, oh, this is great. This is great. Like, you know, we have so much work. We're not going to have any issues, but I think it's something like any like new business owner should realize is we've had to like, really like, tell ourselves too like you have slow times and I think it's just different because when you're in an agency um, you know you're still getting paid you can have a slow time but you're still getting paid when we have a slow time we're just like uh, <laughs> I <wait>, know <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's just like it's it's part of the learning process and you a job always comes in that's the thing so you just have to learn not to freak out when it does get slow
0: definitely yeah learning not to freak out and sort of that yeah. natural reaction of okay no checks coming today.
1: Yep, yep.
0: (laughs) Got it. So when you've been at the agency, the best is a year, or the best studio, sorry, is a year and a bit, just over a year old?
1: Yeah, we turned one year in September.
0: Officially. Mm -hmm. Perfect, okay. So Mm -hmm. has there been that slow time yet where you guys have had to sort of battle through some stuff?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. There was a, we were really, really busy from about when we opened until april may ish Uh and then but from may to july we had a slower time not to like we still had work like by no means that we have no work but Mm -hmm. it was just like okay we need that like you know big job or two to come in um and rico and i were both like trying to be like the strong one and you know be like. It's like I would to her I was like, Oh, like it's fine, it's fine and she'd be like, It's fine, it's fine and then we go home and both like be like internally freaking out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so funny. Yeah. But,
1: but it's also it was it really reminded us too, it's nice to have a partner For reasons like this, because I don't know, you're you're going through it with someone else and you're not just like struggling through it by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But we really use that slow time um, to put together our portfolio and do a photo shoot and get our website up because when we were busy, we didn't have time to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like really important for like young designers starting out and stuff. When you do have that slow time, like be productive, like don't just sit there and like hope for a job to come in. Just like, you know,
0: do something, keep creating.
1: yeah like do a personal project that could go in your on your portfolio instead, like um, there's lots you can do, so
0: definitely, and I love how you documented um, of the sort of website process and the photo shoot and behind the scenes. I love how you documented all that stuff on your Instagram. Those are really cool to be a part of
1: yeah hey.
0: second hand i guess third yes. <laughs> further away, <laughs> not really officially a part of, but Um, Okay, so now I think is a great transition into some of the challenging times in your career. So next couple of questions, definitely dive into some of the tough stuff, um, Mm -hmm. struggles that you've had in your career, and then the lessons that you've learned through those. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just want to pull those stories out for the listeners. Mm -hmm. So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Um, Why was it challenging? And how did you get through it?
1: I think... Relating to starting uh, the business, but I would say so far the hardest part was actually Getting to that point in my career where I knew I wanted to go off on my own Mm -hmm. um, But like financially I wasn't ready yet um, And I just kind of had to struggle through that bit Um, A Perfect example. I so I always knew I wanted to do this and so I've always taken on a lot of freelance um, in my career on the side and I would say, about a year before Mariko and I decided to go off on our own year year and a half, it was kind of in the, uh, when I was like uh, writing my book as well. um I had Steel and Oak as a freelance client um and then other random little clients here and there um and I was working so so much that i in my head I was like i can't I can't have a full time job anymore, but financially it just didn't make sense yet. And so I would wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I would do three and a half hours of freelance before I go to work. And then I go to work and then I come home and then I do another like four hours of freelance work when I came home. Oh, and great. it was like mentally draining, creatively draining as well. Like, cause a lot of the time, um, you know, you, you have to be creative all day for your job for that you're working for someone else. You can't just like be like, oh, I did too much freelance work you know, I just need a, I just need a creative break. <laughs> <laughs> so um,
0: did your employer at the time know that you were freelancing?
1: He did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was, And that was all good. Yeah. I was super transparent with him about it. And right. uh, same with the book. The book was probably the biggest struggle because there was really, really strict deadlines, especially towards the end of it. And it was a new process for me. I'd never written a book. I didn't know the process. I didn't know how the editor worked. Um, so I was learning as I went. So, that on top of my other freelance work, on top of my job, was a really big struggle. And it was hard not to just be like, screw it, I'm quitting my full time job. Like, I'm just going to, you know, go for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad I didn't because it wasn't the right time yet. Mariko and I hadn't discussed it. And I don't, it wouldn't have worked out, I don't think, the same way um, if I had just quit mid mid that
0: time. So So you kind of had like that feeling of, yeah, I got to get out of this daytime gig because it's just not where I want my focus to be, but it just didn't feel like the right time.
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And it just,
0: uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. Um, I want you now to take us to a specific design or project that you were a part of that did Mm -hmm. not go well or bring the desired result. Um, What was that like? How did that feel? Take us to that story.
1: Hmm. Let me think. (laughs) There's been a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I think like a lot of uh, designers go through this a lot where you have this vision in your head. And depending on the client, I mean, a lot of the time it does not end up the way you're like you, you visually see or even the way you initially present. Um, I'm trying to think of one time specifically though. Uh, this is a hard question. Uh-huh. A couple of years ago, um, it was a freelance client uh-huh. and interesting. Okay. Yeah, it was, I would say it was, uh, something, yeah, two years ago, it was a branding project. I was doing it on the side and, um, Mariko and I uh, worked on it together. It was uh, one of our first projects. And um, we initially presented this brand. And we were like, this is the best thing we've ever done. Hands down. Like, oh, my God. Can't believe we're going into business together. Uh-oh. Like, yeah. And the client was like, yeah, this is not good. Like, we, oh, no. like, it's like, just like very blunt. Like, no, I hate this. And Mariko and I hung up the call. And we're like, it made us panic about going into business together. Um, But in the end, it was more about just communication,
0: Uh
1: and um, the project ended up becoming a really great project. (laughs) It just didn't end up as what we thought it was gonna be. So we initially had this vision in our head, and it ended up being the total opposite of what we had initially pictured, but there was nothing wrong with it in the end. We're still very proud of the project.
0: Got it. So they just had a slightly different vision than you guys did.
1: Yeah. And it was just, yeah.
0: Yeah. And even though the creative you felt was great, it just missed the mark in their minds.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it ended well.
1: But it ended well. But okay. there's been lots in the past where like you go through, I don't know, projects I've done at agencies where maybe it doesn't end up that way, but also I don't have the same experience. Like you don't deal with the clients a lot of the time at the agency one-on-one. So I don't hear the initial feedback. And I think this one was just one of the ones where we we're just like, whoa, we're hearing this like firsthand. No one's filtering this for us. Yeah. This is very shocking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the first one, there was no nicely crafted email. It was just like, yeah, no, this is not good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, <laughs> and then cool. you have to immediately go into, thank you for your feedback. I yeah. really appreciate yeah.
1: Exactly. Yes. Too much. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um. Last one before I turn this bus around here for you. Okay. Um What is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now?
1: Um, I would say just like try, it's, okay, because now we don't have a creative director to tell us what to do, right? Like okay. which um, is a, is a big thing when you're at an agency, um, kind of just like pushing yourself to that next level. And it does help having a partner because we kind of act as each other's creative directors. Um, but we're also still like on the same team all the time. And, um, I don't know, we're like, that looks great. Like good for you. Like it's perfect. But then also you have to kind of take a step back and just be like, okay, is this, is this as good as it can be? Um, I think that's Something that's really hard as an independent designer is just like because you could be like this good enough, but you know, is it? I don't know.
0: Yeah, definitely, so- and especially when you you know, or you're in that partnership where you both get along great and you both you know have similar visions. Yeah. Um, you know, really checking yourself before, yeah. you know, just saying yeah, that looks great, good job.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I'd say that's a big, not a struggle, but it's just like it's a it's a challenge right
0: now. Something that you have to be cognizant of. Yeah. Right now, and definitely something that I guess would become easier to, just sort of check yourself on with experience, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, and that'll it'll just come as you know, five years from now we might be like, oh, that that was like not a problem at all. So,
0: <laughs> but right now you're just a year year and a bit in, right? So.
1: Yeah, that's no, the biggest problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect. You know what? There could be bigger problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for sure. So that's good. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna turn it around here tell us about a project that you've been a part of that mm-hmm. you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing.
1: Okay. I have two. Can I say two?
0: Absolutely. You can.
1: Okay. Um, one, I would have to say all the work I've done for steel and oak, which I'm sure, you know, Yep. Um, the first of all, I think like shout out to Jordan at steel and oak. Like he is one of the most wonderful clients I've ever worked with in a sense that, He totally trusts me as his designer. And I think that goes a huge, like such a long way. Any clients that are listening, it is the biggest deal because when the client trusts the designer and vice versa, you get some of the best work. He just like knows that that's my expertise and it's not his. Um, And we create great work together because it is a collaboration because we do work so well together. So I would say that whole small batch can series that I've done over the last couple of years um, I'm pretty proud of that and they're still coming like, and it's a challenging project because I've done so many now. I'm like, okay, what's this one going to look like? It has to look different. <laughs>
0: you have to come up with new, really, <laughs> really fresh new stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, so that is definitely one. And then the second one I would say is one of the first project, big projects Mariko and I got, um, when we opened Best and that was a Southside, uh, uh, beverage co, mm-hmm. vodka soda company. Um, And it was a similar situation where the uh, clients, uh, Andrew and Sarah came to us and um, they totally trusted us from the beginning. And because of that, they just, we are so proud of the outcome of the project. Um, We wanted to do something very different from other vodka soda companies. And they were very clear about that from the very beginning. Um, And it's, it's probably one of my most proud branding packaging projects of, my career so far.
0: Very cool. So can you dive into that process just a little bit more? Because that's, you know, that's not only a sort of can and product packaging design, but mm-hmm. that's a brand development as well.
1: Yeah. It's a, yeah. And I find that branding packaging projects uh, are especially challenging because, you you know usually when you start a branding project you you work on the brand itself overall you do you know the logo you do the overarching brand colors typography everything but with packaging i find it's a bit different because that whatever that package is what it's a can box whatever that main um piece of packaging is that's the main part of the brand so a lot of the time when we do um packaging projects we kind of do them side by side we do the branding and the packaging at the same time because you can't just say design a logo for um, a packaging brand um, without knowing what it's gonna look like on that can or that bottle mm-hmm. um, you know that becomes the main canvas for the brand so it's a little bit different of a process than say just any other branding project where you're just doing like a logo and stationery like it's a very very different process it's a lot more it's a lot more work.
0: Totally, and...
1: A hundred different sketches, you know, before. Wow. Yeah.
0: And in that sketch process, is that just internal for you, or are you sort of having the client along with you with some of that stuff?
1: Uh, Yeah, so we talk to them... Usually we kind of gauge the client Sometimes because we feel like some clients, you know, sketching is totally fine. We're like, hey, this is what we're thinking, paired with mood boards, whatever, and it works. Yeah. Some yeah. clients do not understand it, and they're like, this is what I paid all of you all this money for, like just a drawing. And we're like, no, 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 this is just like the, you know, concept stage, <laughs> just for sign off. Um, but they totally got it. So we presented. Um, I think we presented like six six concepts as sketches stage and then um paired with mood boards and stuff and then narrowed it down and the one they chose was actually the one that we almost threw away because we're just like this is too risky there's no way they're gonna go for this and it was the one they went for so
0: that's so cool
1: oh that every time don't throw that one away just put it in as a bonus you never know
0: so what does that feel like then when you're like oh we'd love to go this way but it's a bit too risky i ah, show it anyways and then go for it what does that feel like
1: well we had like so many internal discussions about showing it because the initial idea was just a bunch of naked ladies on the can really, <laughs> and uh, covered by like the, the, you know, the, uh, the flavor varietal. Um, but we're like, we don't really know the client, right? Like you've only had a couple phone conversations at this point. You don't know, like if they're going to be like offended by it or they're going to be like, this is awesome. Um, so yeah, I think we went back and forth quite a few times before we decided. We're like, you know what, what do we have to lose? Like, honestly, what do we have to lose? We're pre- we've answered their brief s- several times over again. And um, the one we were presenting still answered the brief. So we're like, let's put it in. They're not going to be mad at it, you know? They are not. They can't get mad at it for us. So if we were to present just that one, that would have been a bit scarier. <laughs> oh,
0: definitely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah, no, we were like, and then when on the phone, when she had the reaction that she had to it, we were just like, cause it was just a phone call. And we were just like dancing in our, <laughs> in our chairs. So happy.
0: That's but, awesome. Yeah. What a cool experience that would be. Yeah. Um, Sammy, what is one design product tool, website or community that you just could not live without?
1: Well, I mean, can I say the computer?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can.
1: Um, computer, obviously. But also, um, I would just say my calligraphy pens. So do you,
0: that's, have you ever got into using a tablet or non sort of paper medium for calligraphy?
1: Well, I have tried so many times and I know most designers are so good at using them. I hate it. <laughs>
0: it just doesn't work for you. It doesn't feel natural.
1: I don't like it. It feels, yeah, it just, I like the feeling of a pen on a paper. And I find you just don't get that. I know iPad is great. They have all these like different like brush pressure things. It's, I get it, but I don't know. It doesn't work for me.
0: Got it. It's all yeah. good. You don't have to love it, Sam. I'm just asking. I know.
1: I know. I know. It's fine. <laughs> just, everyone's always so weirded out that I just don't use it. I'm like, I just, I don't like it.
0: What, I'm pen a and sure paper? you say. Perfect. Um, Sammy, you've reached the part of the show for the Ask It Forward question. That's where I have a question for you for my last guest. And Mm -hmm. you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Oh, what? Yep. So my last guest was Chelsea Burkett from Chelsea Burkett Designs out in uh, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to ask you, what platform are you using to showcase work to reach the types of clients that you want to reach? So that Um, ideal client of yours, what are you using to try and connect with them?
1: I would say Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's such a good tool now. And like I said earlier in the chat, like we've gotten quite a bit of work from Instagram, um, people connecting with us. You also get a lot of like weird inquiries as well. (laughs) (laughs) But you get you get a couple gems, and I don't know. I feel like it's such an amazing tool for designers now. Like, why not utilize that?
0: Definitely. Have you dabbled in LinkedIn at all?
1: Honestly, I have LinkedIn. I don't really use it. I like it. My notifies me all the time when I have notifications. I check the notification, and I just kind of let it be. I'm not very good at LinkedIn.
0: (laughs) Got it. Yeah, there's some there's some good stuff there. I tell you. Yeah. Um. Sammy, what is the question you would like to ask of the next guest?
1: Okay. Let me think. Um, I don't get to know who the person is. Nope. That's exciting. (laughs) Um, Okay. If they could start any passion project, what would it be?
0: So money is not an object. Time doesn't matter. Any passion project, what would it be?
1: Yep. I love it. Do for yourself.
0: Okay, I will ask the next guest. Great. Sammy, thank you so much for your time. That's the end of the Quickie Podcast.
1: Thanks, Dave. That was great.
0: All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. That wraps it up for the week. I got more coming for you on Monday. If you haven't had the opportunity to leave a rating and a review on iTunes for the podcast, now is the time. I love them. They make me smile. They make me feel warm. So please head over to iTunes, leave a rating and a review. Help a brother out. Thanks again. See you Monday. Bye.